Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Emilio Diaz. Today I'm joined by Andy Germuga. Number one can 2006 stand going Oh, boy. <laughs> That's the level of preparedness and excitement we're bringing to today's podcast because, as Colin suggested, we're going back to Can 2006. It's been a minute. We're. It we has. haven't done one of these in a while since Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Or was it uh yeah, Marie Anne? Dumont maybe? Oh uh, Dumont, yeah, Dumont. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. It uh completely a great connected. <laughs> yeah, great episode. A completely uh miniseries so connected I can't even remember which episodes we did are part of it. That's true. But we're to back track. to for new listeners, we're back to trying to cover every movie that played in competition at the Calmphil Festival at two thousand and six. One of those film, the film that we're covering today that was part of that festival was Andre Arnold's Red Road, and mm-hmm. we'll also we'll be pairing it with the lives of others, Florian Henkel von Donnersmarks, yeah. two thousand six, yeah, yeah, yeah. Locarno playing Academy o- Academy Award nominated film, and to talk winner. about those films, yeah, winner, 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 chicken dinner, and to talk about those films. We're excited to be joined by friend of the show, host of the God the Runs podcast, C. Housen Jan. How are you? Where my Babel head's at. Yeah. yeah. Or is it Babel? Babel or Babel? I think it's Babel. I think it's Babel. We'll Um, find out when we see that in a year and a half, maybe? I don't know. God, I hope we're done with it in a year. (laughs) On uh, On the Mumford and Sons album of the same name, Marcus Mumford pronounces it Babel. Yeah, but he's Irish. Oh, is he Scottish? Like, or that, not... I, I imagine he's probably English. He's certainly from there. <laughs> um, from there. Not unlike <laughs> uh, the subject and director of the film that we're talking about. Yes. From the United and... Kingdom, Andrea Arnold. But first, we like to ask our guests what experience they have with film festivals. Um, my film festival experience is fairly limited. I attended the, what, you look shocked, Colin. Well, that I, was going to say, returning guests, you were on one of our Toronto oh, yeah, bonuses last year I, I for the virtual. Yeah, I don't even really consider that like a film festival experience per se, although I had some lovely experiences seeing uh, American Utopia and Nomadland at that festival. But my main, I'd say, in-person film festival experience is from 2019's TIFF, right? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, where I yeah, was... Yeah, 2019. Yeah, the year before everything went to shit. Yeah, <laughs> where I was able to... Everything was perfect back then. <laughs> <laughs> where I was able yeah. to... Hey, meet going to shit is the election last year. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we not do this on the actual recording? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Please. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so at that festival I was able to meet in person Emilio and Colin or and Andy for the first time. I was wow. Jesse, yeah. wow. Andy. Wow. If you don't want to be victimized, you can't portray yourself as a victim. 
<laughs> what does that mean? I don't Let's know. dig into that. <laughs> we'll talk about the systems of oppression when we get to lives of others, Andy. Please. Yeah. Uh, but All yes, right. but I was able. Funny to... Funny how you think there's no oppression in Red Room, but continue. <laughs> Red Road. <laughs> Red Notice. Um, but yes, I was able to. Meet I just Emilio watched Red, Andy. starring Bruce Willis. Is that not right? <laughs> and no Red too. Interesting. Um, I was able to meet Emilio and Andy. I was not able to meet Colin as he was not in North America at the time. But I'm looking forward to the getting the full set of Kiki uh, hosts at TIFF 2022, fingers crossed. I'm from Toronto, it yeah. should be noted. Yeah, Toronto yeah. native. Not I, native, hey. I guess. Or is it not native? native but but yeah. I, I call the light box home, certainly. Sure. <laughs> comfy, uh, comfy couches. Sure. I, I'm, if you you probably don't realize this, that if you don't attend these places for film festivals, you don't spend much time like chilling in the lobby as you do at a film yeah. festival. Uh, That's Andy's true. Like, you were at the the Lightbox Bar for three hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> like once a week, you're a regular there, right? <laughs> Precise. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Did you watch anything good that year? Uh, yes, I watched my favorite movie of all time, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and it was it was that was probably like my favorite cinematic experience ever. Like I sat in the balcony, so I was kind of like the Adele Hanel of whatever that theater is <laughs> yeah. called. I forget the name. And then, but truly, it was very moving. Like when I'm gonna the guess movie the Princess ended, of Wales. Yeah, uh, when the movie ended and Celine Sciamma came out, she was given like a spontaneous, very large standing ovation, and was clearly very moved. And I found it very moving as well. That's sweet. Yes. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good festival year. That was like you mean it like Peter Griffin, right, Andy? Uh, yeah, freaking sweet. Um, uh, the uh, <laughs> that was also the same year as like Uncut Gems and uh, Parasite Story. These are all big movies yeah. from that festival. Lighthouse. Um. Yeah, I watched Lighthouse with C. <laughs> Famously, uh, Jesse got a picture with one of the softies, I believe, at the Lighthouse screening. I also got a picture. Come on, okay. don't erase That's people. Funny. <laughs> okay, Kid Cuddy. That And also, famously, both uh, Emilio <laughs> and Jesse you. asked questions at that uh, screening. Yeah, at the Lighthouse. Which you can, yeah. I believe the Q&A is still posted online. If it's you on YouTube, the, yeah. The Q&A, you can Where see. Where I think Jesse you can... asked about, like... Uh, Some like sort of influence. Bergman and right, like yeah. the influences and Amelia asking about mustaches. <laughs> it's a it's a great clip. Yeah. Um, listen, we should like use that clip uh, yeah, more I, often. <laughs> we, we should not. They're not listen, I love that asking, audi- They're not that I, audible on it. They're not mics, so it's like. <laughs> I love asking questions at Q and A for movies that I fell asleep for like fifteen minutes because <laughs> I smoked weed beforehand. <laughs> That's always a good move. Did I have a hand in that? Uh, well, Probably. you certainly <laughs> brought the weed. <laughs> I guess that qualifies. Yeah, I guess you gave it to us and made me smoke it. You I did. It, you lit it in my hand and said, puff, puff, puff. I did very consciously yeah. have to decline weed from my friend before Dune because I was like, I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning and not remember what happened in this movie. Did it work? I mean, look. Uh, it did. I do remember what happened in Dune. Shout out to Great. the first fifteen minutes of the French Dispatch. I'll come back and revisit another time. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good movie. Uh, sure. We'll talk about that uh, at a later date. 
Sure. We'll see. Um, we'll see if I watch that movie. If, yeah, if we're uh, able to see it. Yeah, and with that, let's get into these movies. Into yeah. Talking, yes. <laughs> talking about these movies. Uh, we're going to start with Andrea Arnold's Red Road. Andrea has had like an interesting festival trajectory. She had, Red Road is her first feature film, but before that, yeah. she directed a short called The Wasp. It uh, played mm-hmm. Sundance, played Toronto, won awards there the and Oscar. then it won won an academy award for best short film so andrea arnold one of those technically an oscar winners because they I made a short famously with, uh, uh Martin that's the year that the clip of like taika waititi pretending to be asleep during uh the announcements he wins that oscar against oh, him short. for short um, fun. which is funny yeah uh yeah yeah not uh, taking away from anyone's moment at all no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes um, you gotta goof around. But yeah. then, and then she made Red Room, which played Red Road. In competition. Amelia truly looks so burdened that we keep correcting him on the title of the <laughs> yeah. movie we're discussing. He cannot be bothered. He is so annoyed at us for insisting that we say the title correctly. <laughs> Now I'm just gonna call it Red Rum, and I'm and I'm not gonna <laughs> acknowledge. And I'm just gonna barrel through. Hey, shout out to Doctor uh, Sleep. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the end. But uh, 2006 Cannes Film Festival, it played there. Sure. Didn't really win anything, I don't think. It won Didn't the it? jury yeah. prize. Yeah, it won. It won the jury prize. <laughs> <laughs> This is crazy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> are you working she on anything? She, or are you just... Has she literally won it three times? Like, didn't Fish Tank and American Honey all win jury prize? Um, wow. Good for her. Listen, the jury loves her. Sure. Should they give her the palm the horn? No. We're no. going to get the jury prize. I jury mean... prize is weird. It's, it's like a real, like, we're glad you did this award. But <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like... <laughs> Maybe if she gets, like, like five or six, they'll let her trade it in for a palm. Yeah, that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like tickets at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, so, yeah, I guess with that, we already said what, I mean, we've talked about Fish Tank, and we've talked about American Honey previously on this podcast. We've talked Um, about her a lot, weirdly. She made Cow. Cow is her latest on the festival run. Playing uh, she made cow after getting uh, cucked by John Mark John John, John Mark Ballet. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, she, famously she was she the. Was it was, she's TV a very exciting hire to direct season two of Big Little Lies, and then uh, the other creative team of Big Little Lies apparently walked all over her, in, especially in the edit, uh, which yeah. is uh, disappointing. Obviously, um, I would love to see her peer cut of that season because I think there's good stuff in the season. Anyway, no one else cares what I think about Big Little Eyes season two. I care, but yeah, um, thanks. But Red Road, uh, yeah, Red Road, has an interesting Red Road. production. Yes, where please it talk was, about. It was made as part of a trilogy called Advance Party. That is, I think it was supposed to follow the sort of uh, like, not exactly the dogma like rules. But I like like Von Trier had part of the sort of 
conceptualization of it. And what it is is three filmmakers were given the first same time backstories. I believe. Yeah, yeah. First time filmmakers were given the same like characters and backstories for the characters and had to make the story from that. And Red Road is kind of the only one that like exists for lack of a better term. Well, I mean, one of them um, literally doesn't exist, I believe. Yes, yeah, still in development limbo. Mikael Norgard's, uh, you know, um, effort of there is still, quote-unquote, in development limbo. And then Marag McKinnon's Donkeys was released in 2010. But this one is obviously, like, the one that launched a career uh, um, where, you know, Arnold does fish tank and Wuthering Heights and then American Honey and like we were saying Oliver sort of she directed like Transparent too like a few episodes right she has done some um, prestige TV um but yeah um and this one is about a CCTV operator who finds the man who like uh killed her husband and daughter and well, yeah, this is the what the movie is, um, and in her way, exacts revenge on the man. Uh, and I mean, look, I don't really like this movie at all. I uh, Arnold is a weird one because even when like when we talked about Fish Tank for our 2009 jury that we did, um, I was like sort of going back and back and forth on whether or not I like liked it because when I watched. American Honey, uh, for the first time, like, the year or a year after it came out or whatever, I, like, loved it, and it would, like, it existed as, like, one of my favorite movies from that decade, and then I think when, even when we did our 2016 can draft, I was, like, I think I, like, I, ga- I gave it, like, some of my top awards or something yeah, like that. You're, I, yeah, yeah. Cer- I certainly I was very think of you as a big fan of American Honey. Yeah, which is weird, because, like, I I think at this point I don't like fish tank. I remember like there I remember when I watched it there was like parts that I thought were good but I don't really think about it ever other than negatively. And then when I watched Red Road, I watched it earlier this year, I was like this is just like bad. Like I just don't like watching this movie at all. And now it's like weird to think like I I would still like to see Wuthering Heights at some point and like maybe Cow is good. <laughs> um <laughs> But I just don't know what it is about her movies that I've, like, turned against recently. And I would be curious to watch American Honey again to see how it plays for me now. Yeah, I would also be interested to see how that movie plays for you now. I know a lot of your love for that movie is tied up in the performances, right? Like, in obviously there's wrinkles to, to some elements of that these days that we don't need to get into. Um, but... Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I also, like, I do think she's, like, really good with actors in general. Like, that is, that hit, the performance in Fish Tank is my favorite Michael Fassbender performance, I think. Like, that's, like, my main takeaway from from that movie, you know, however long later. I don't remember that much about that movie, but I do remember, like, being absolutely blown away by Michael Fassbender's performance in it. Um, and this one is not, like, it's interesting, because, like, the other movies we've seen all have, like, more famous people in them than this one does. Like, this one, 
The star is what's her name? Kate Katie Dickey. Kate Dickey. Dickey. She's famous in her own right. Yeah. Sure. I think of her as She's the first order officer from The Last Jedi. She's in like uh she's in The Witch, which we talked about. She's in like a bunch of TV I, shows. She's like I mean, I know her from Game of Thrones. I know like Yeah. She's sure. like a classic British character actress. Yeah. Oh, she was just in The Green Knight as the queen. Yep, yep. She's in Prometheus. Um, she's really good in Prometheus actually. She is in Prometheus. Though, she's right? in my favorite podcast, Catch Me Daddy. What is that? <laughs> no. There's just we, truly it's not worth it. <laughs> there's, so, there's a lot of layers to that joke. Them to explain, even explain to that, that joke. <laughs> okay, great. Even though I understood what it is, we just don't need to take that run. A lot of times in life I will say something and then someone will ask me to repeat it and I say nothing, not because I didn't want them to hear it, but because it is not worth repeating. And like uh, I uh, the other one I have I also haven't seen Wuthering Heights, and it looks like that one also doesn't have any like anyone who has like gone on to be like a big like isn't it Kaya Scudelario? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it is. Oh yeah, it's like somebody. It's like a sure. young. Yeah. Yes, it's that's like, who I don't know who that is. I'm sorry to say. I need to watch that movie. I think I would really like that. Movie. Yes. Um, I guess she was in. One the most recent pirates movie, so I have. Seen her. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, oh, so I do love her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um. but yeah, I mean, yeah, I do think like as a performance showcase, I think that's probably where Red Road worked best for me. It's not a movie that I was like totally head over heels in love with, but I think it was a movie that I really appreciated and was like really interested in. Like the way that she was able to to work with these actors and to and it's like tricky subject matter, obviously, and like a lot of like tough material. And I think she gets very, uh, you know, just like very watchable and and like engaging performances out of everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's very much a character story. Like a lot of so our character study rather a lot of as I was watching this, I I sort of just picked this kind of at random. Um, I sure. was like looking through the li- I was looking through the list and I was like that's the point we're at on the list certainly <laughs> I was like well I know people love like Marie Antoinette and Southland Tales and like all that stuff so I'm not gonna like pick one away from someone that loves it when I haven't seen like almost any of these movies I think maybe the we only, also covered them maybe the only movie I've seen is Babel slash Babel um, but speaking of Marcus Mumford watching it it kind of, it reminded me a lot in terms of the plot of a promising young woman and in that sure. sort of like same subject matter of like a woman taking i guess it's not necessarily revenge in promising young woman but you, you know what i mean like it's it's sort of covering the yeah. same subject matter right. plot wise seeking justice yes precisely and i think that one of if i i do really like the movie as well but if there is an issue with the movie it's maybe that it doesn't quite know how much of it is a character study and how much of it is trying to be like more of a thriller or something in that mm-hmm. vein. Whereas something like Promising Young Woman is much more stylized and like is shooting for something that's more genre esque with like the addition of these like this heavy subject matter and these heavy themes in it as well. Yeah, I mean, that's my take on it basically. Also, it's just like. It, it's like it, do, it. I don't think it knows like when it's trying to, to be a thriller and when it's trying to be something else. And it like, and it can like come off as awkward sometimes because I feel like it should. It like reads pulpy in some 
in some scenes, yeah. but then it reads like very serious and like dramatic in other scenes, and it's like sort of jarring. I think the performances are good, but it's like <clears throat> I don't know if the movie really has a handle on any of those characters beyond like this is an interesting concept for a thing to be happening. Because especially like Colin described the plot and the thing is like with how the movie shakes out, it's like not until the very end that you find out like what her fixation with this man she's been like stalking on the CCTV and like stalking IRL is. And I don't think the movie is compelling enough to drag you along till that reveal. Like, I don't think like it, it, it like, it like does a good enough job at portraying the curiosity of it. So you're just like hooked until you find out what the deal is. It, you, you're just sort of like, I personally was just sort of like confused. It was for sure a movie. I like, yeah. Went to the Wikipedia three times while watching it. Cause it's like, did I just miss <laughs> something? Is there something sure. I should be, I, I should know about it. Cause it's cause I feel like there's a big, thing I'm missing and it's not like a thing that the movie is really hinting at or I think even the performance I really think is hinting at like I think I think she gives like a pretty I don't know I feel it's like I think technically good but I don't think it I don't think I want to watch it I think is the thing I don't think it's like compel I don't think it's like compelling I think like yeah. if like, I think it's, like, a, a pretty decent and complicated portrayal of, like, what that type of person would be going through and would be doing. But I don't know if I'm just, like, that interested in how she's doing it. I think some of the side... I mean, I think the side performance uh, was Tony Curran, I think, is that actor's name, mm -hmm. who plays... They say the yeah, name a lot. Clyde. I forget it. Clyde. I think that's, like, a good performance of just, like, a guy who's, like, what the fuck is going on around me? Like, he... Yeah. I think he does a good job of being, like, confused, but sort of being into the confusion. Mm. And I do... The movie does get, like... I don't know what what's the correct word. To, I just... I'm gonna say sexual or, like, sexy, like, towards the end. And I think that scene is, like, pretty good and compelling. But that scene, that's, like, another moment where, like, that scene is one hour, 35 minutes into the into yeah. a one hour, 50 movie. So it's, like, as as into that scene as I am, I don't know if it justifies the entire, like, weird movie before it. Yeah, there's, like, occasional pops, like, where they're all singing Oasis at the party. And, like, I guess the sex scene in a way. But, like, I don't know. It's just so... You can maybe say it's baked into the, into the cake with, like, the monotony of, like, what it must be to be, like, a CCTV, like, operator where you're just clicking and watching everyone and you're just watching mm -hmm. this person do it. But it is just so inert and, like, the the ending falls flat because I don't really find any of the characters that compelling at all. And, like, when it's revealed, it's just, like... At the end, it's just like okay, like it's over. Like I don't, like I don't have any sort of feeling to it, which is sort of like, unfortunately, how I feel sort of about both of these movies that we're talking about. But uh, we'll get to Lies of Others, obviously, because I know Andy's a big fan of that one. Um, but it is, <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, Red Road. It just like 
it was it was the thing of like watching it. I'm just like, I mean, it's a very, you know, nothing complaining against the movie, but it's just like boring. And I'm watching it. I'm like waiting for something, and then it ends, and I'm just like, I mean, I don't care. I <laughs> this is like not anything, and like Arnold has had the sort of complaint of you know, quote-unquote, like, poverty porn thrown against her a lot for Fish Tank and American Honey specifically. And in this one, it's just, like, the that but about, like, uh, tragedy. Like, it's, like, the sort of thing that will happen to, like, a Ken Loach as well, where it's just, like, this is just, like, a bummer and, uh, you know, not very interesting. <laughs> like, I just don't really care about it. But, like, you get... I can see people and, like, Arnold obviously, like fascinated by the idea of like what the power you have as this like cctv operator and how she uh kate dickie uses it for her like personal gain and then like i feel like i don't know the scene where she like the 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 way the where where it goes she ends up having sex with a guy who she knows is the person who uh like is responsible for the death of her husband and child her daughter and she like seduces him and like like has followed him around and seduces him and then after they have sex she sort of uh makes it look like she was assaulted she like takes the condom and puts what puts i mean i don't know why i'm getting into this she uses the condom and like pulls all of the sperm out of it and puts it in herself afterwards and hits herself you said, in the face. I don't like, know why you're getting into it and then you I mean, yeah, and then said it, it yes. <laughs> um, but, and she, like, and it's just, like, a very intense scene and I feel like it is misguided and then the I just, I mean, it all feels like, at that point, especially when I'm so against the movie, just for it being boring that it does that, I'm just like, shut up, I don't care. You don't get to do this. Yeah, there definitely is. I like, don't know. There definitely is a I conversation to be had about like having a false rape allegation be part of the movie and like how ethical that is necessarily. Now, like I certainly would say the movie condones it. Like if anything, no, that's yeah. like it's. I think what the movie is ultimately ah. about in some ways is like that she gets this revenge and realizes that, like, there was no value to it. And in some ways, I think a lot of what it's about is that, like, despite, even though Clyde is a character who's, like, ostensibly in a much worse situation than uh, than Jackie is because he's, like, an ex-convict and has killed people and is, like, clearly struggling, like, I think there is some element of, like, what you said, poverty porn in the way that yeah. they, she depicts, like, Clyde's life and his apartment and things like that um but it's like despite all of this like Clyde really has a better life than her because he has sort of like accepted and moved on from what happened and you know maybe that's not justified on his account but that like her her inability to accept this and like to forgive him in a lot of ways is really what is like it's it's self-inflicted punishment in a lot of ways and then like I think her ability to move beyond that is like sort of what completes her arc and which i found like truly it was a movie where i was just like okay like this is fine like i'm watching this we're going along for like the first you know 75 minutes and then the last 15 minutes like just really destroyed me and like i i never 
I never thought of it really as a mystery. Like it is an it's an interesting narrative choice to not reveal what exactly the relationship is between Jackie and Clyde. Because like you know immediately that he's a convict of some kind, and that you assume that it's he has committed a crime against Jackie in some way, whatever that may be. And so knowing like knowing that was enough for me. I was never like, oh, what's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? Uh, but then I'm not sure about that actually because like when it actually comes and you get that reveal and you get that sort of catharsis of it, I just found really, really impactful. Like I think she just says at one point, she just says like, I want them back, <laughs> which is like such a simple and obvious statement, but I found so like really hard hitting because uh, maybe it's just because we've seen this character like go through all the motions and never really have that emotion because she is like it is a very blank performance or she is putting on a, a guise for a lot of the movie and then just for it to have to have that moment i found like really 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 impactful yeah yeah i don't know i think the movie is just I, f- I really think it doesn't do enough of like the CCTV premise of it. I feel like yeah, we. I was. Gonna I feel say like we should circle a, back and talk about that a little bit more. Because I feel like my understand like when I f- like read the description and like was getting ready to watch, I was like, oh, this is gonna be like a CCTV thing. She sees like some crime or whatever. She's gonna like be in some like moral like right. confusion about what to do or whatever. But it's sucked it, into it, something she, larger than herself. But she like drops she like drops it pretty quick and it's like doesn't really factor in that much, and I feel like I don't think the movie ever really squares that circle of like the like is how because it's like clear that Arnold was interested by the like CCTV premise, and yeah. it's also interested in like the story of this woman, and I just don't know if they really make they're like really cohesive in any way. Right. I mean, there's certainly, like, if you, like, the movie doesn't quite do the work, I think, to, like, really, like, lay it out for you. But there is certainly something to, like, you know, she has stopped participating in life and is just watching it and, like, is, you know, and, you know, she's completely removed herself. Like, there early on, she also, she, like, you get a little hints of, like, her family life. She goes to a wedding, like, in the first 20 minutes of the movie or whatever with a uh and like she's like not on good terms with her dad and like there's all this stuff about like you know she's she's really isolated it seems like like and the the guy she goes with is like someone who she's like seeing occasionally but they're not like in a real relationship right like that's that's sort of like the implication there so she is like there's all this stuff about yeah how she's She's a bit of a two-pump chump it's, it's yeah, the sex the sex did not seem good i will say um <laughs> yeah but yeah like to your, to your point it, like andy when i chose this movie like i paired it with the lives of yeah. others because i was like oh like these are both movies about like being a spy and then and in my mind i was like should i pair this with like the guilty because like that's the kind of movie mm-hmm. i was kind of expecting it to be in some ways and it is really not that at all and like you said, like it doesn't really come into play all that much other than like it gives her the ability to get information. But I think the biggest like if there is if there are like similarities between those two movies, I think the biggest shared sort of DNA is that both that 
the the surveillance and like the remove the removal of the surveillance that you are not in the room with a person is in a lot of ways like a shield from emotion but then at the same time like it's so intimate that it causes you to develop this empathy for the person you're surveilling as well right which is one-sided maybe yeah maybe i think i have the same sort of problems well no i get they're like different problems but they're both like sort of manifest the same way in that in both in red rhythm the lives of others it's, it's just like 10 minutes in the person seems very into the thing and then like i don't understand why that is the case and then in red road i you do understand eventually and then lives of other i'm not i don't but we can no, talk yeah. about lives of other later i don't know i think it's like because i do think that ending in a, the ending to red road like from the sex scene on i think like in a vacuum i think it's good but i just don't think the like entire movie before justified it and i think like because i think like the ending scene of just like him walking away and them having that conversation is like shades of like something like manchester by the sea which i really like but like manchester by the sea that's like a catharsis to like a building concern that movie has and like a building like dread that that movie has about like where these people's lives are going but in red road that's the thing that was why that conversation would even happen or exist to the thing that was introduced literally like three minutes prior so it just doesn't hit the same which is why i think like them taking that long to reveal what the situation is, I think is just like an incredibly bad storytelling decision and I think it sort of sinks the movie. I think if you like 30 minutes in you know why it is she's hung up on this guy I think it makes the movie more compelling. I like I don't think it needs the twisty aspect of it. I don't think it's in, I think it's like more draining than it is interesting because I feel like even like the sex scene which I do still like in the movie but I feel like if you knew the weird implications of it beforehand i feel like mm-hmm. you would un- you will like both like be more into the weird provocation and the weird like emotional situation she's in while having the sex and then why she would do the thing afterwards instead of just like feeling like it really needs to like trick you or whatever like it, it, i i like I really, we talked in the Fish Tank episode. I really love Fish Tank, and I really like American Honey. So I think she's a great filmmaker, and I think Red Road has aspects of why I think she's a great filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I just think it also has like a lot of like first film problems of just like I think she feels that the movie has to be a lot more than it is, and that it has to like have a lot of twists and be really like calling calling cardi and that it like and just needs to have a lot of stuff that where people are gonna watch it and be like oh this is a person who like is really trying to do things and is really trying to get noticed but i think a lot of those aspects just like don't work with each other and i think what the parts that do work i think are underserved by the rest of the movie so I, I, that's just like what I think about Red Road. I just don't, I just, if I think it's like a complicated movie that I think is occasionally good, but makes a lot of missteps. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you had it more like, I think you're right. I don't think that the specific revelation of what his crime was is really like all that germane to like, 
the emotional impact of that moment because like and it, it like you said like we already know that some kind of crime was committed and that already does have an impact on what we watch because otherwise there'd be no point like the scenes like the party scene where it is like this sort of weird give and take and like tension between her relation like that she is sort of like entering into not like a romantic relationship but that she is like formulating a relationship with someone that she knows this thing about and like so like it, it doesn't it doesn't ultimately make a difference what he did because just like knowing that that is the situation is what is creating the tension in the first place and so and i think those are like some of the strongest parts of the movie because and i i'm trying to figure out exactly what it's going for like is it just that having under that she sort of understands him because she has spent this time with him and sort of formulated this relationship with him or i i'm trying to figure out exactly what like the ultimate like emotional arc is there of the of their relationship with each other and how that affects like her decisions yeah i don't know i think it's like a pretty i think what it does i think the story that i think it does tell effectively is like how her how like that sort of isolation she took part in and like her cctv thing is like that is like sort of a selfish thing and that she sort of needed to break out of it to realize like well other people lived lives and they did things and i needed to and i sort of need to like respect that and realize that other people also suffered consequences from this and i don't need to just play out whatever movie exists in my head to justify what happened to me but that's again that's like 30 percent of the movie and the other 70 percent are just like stuff that i don't really like but uh yeah hard to decipher accents <laughs> i i did very early on be like okay i see i'm going to need subtitles for this one yeah. um but yeah like like i think i think like i said the I mean, last I'll... 15 go ahead I mean, I just want to say, I don't, I don't really ever get into like the poverty, poverty porn thing because it's just like one of those things where it's like, I don't know, like what are we gonna do? Are we just like never gonna yeah. tell the story of like working class people because because we're too afraid that it looks like that it's like sort taking of like advantage of them, yeah, exploited, yeah. taking advantage of them, and it's like, I think this movie and Fish Tank. American Honey is the one where, I'm, uh, it, where it might be, like, a little too much, like, I don't know, these people are, like, trashy and poor. But, like, Fish Tank, I think, and this one are, like, I think they're very clear that they're about these very specific people. And it's, like, it's not even, like, she's that. I mean, it's obviously, like, the, if you would rot law poverty porn complaints, it would be at Clyde. But I think, like, as Nina said, I think, as C said, the, the the ultimate like it's point of the movie like gesturing towards Clyde seems to be like I don't know he seems to be doing all right he seems to be trying his best after moving through a shitty situation like I don't think it, it ever looked at him with that much pity I think it, it's just like well he's yeah. just like trying to do his thing and this lady has a fixation with him I mean yeah it, it, it's always like like you're saying, it's sort of, I mean, maybe not unfair, but maybe just, like, 
what are we doing? Like, we're just gonna, you know, keep throwing this complaint out at people who make these movies. But, like, American Honey, it's, I mean, it's been a minute since I've seen it. But to me, it feels more, like, part of it in a way where it's, like, they are, like, these vagabonds. Like, it's more idealistic, uh, weirdly, despite how dark it can go. Uh, and with Fish Tank especially, I mean, it's like this, it's the sort of same thing that you would throw at like Ken Look, where it's like, that is just sort of all that movie is. <laughs> and like, I, I really just like, I, it was, it was one of the great disappointments of like, there was no way I would not love Fish Tank. And I watched it and was like very nonplussed and like trying to convince myself that it was good because there was dancing in it. <laughs> No, but yeah, You're really I mean, I don't Ken Loach today, Cullen. <laughs> I mean, it's just he's the other one that like. I mean, you could also like say it about like the Darden brothers or like anyone that does those sort of movies. I don't know. I, I mean, it's like like that's just like a lot of British. Tra- I mean, it's like sure, yeah. It's like I feel like peop- the only reason that doesn't get thrown at like Mike Lee is because people like like Mike Lee. Oh, but I, mean, I feel like I, they'll say it about Mike Lee for sure. Like, but I feel like he's one that I just wasn't thinking about. Um. But uh, yeah. I don't know. I think fish. I mean, we don't need to get that much into fish tank. But I think fish tank is like a very good movie about like when you're that sort of person, that sort of situations. You're just like a person who's always tempted at like poking at things to see how they'll react to you. And I feel and I find that movie very compelling due to that. But uh, yeah, should we move on to lives of others? Yeah. Do we have any final thoughts on Red Road? Um, I was just going to mention that, like, the, like I said, like, the last 15 minutes is really, like, my favorite part of the movie and, like, the part that really, like, brings it together for me. And I think as well, like, that scene with the parents is, like, really, really moving as well. And I think what Amelia, like, I think the comparison to Manchester by the Sea is really on point. And maybe, like, maybe if it was more structured like Manchester by the Sea, where, like, her work is more secondary to... To her character and like and then like maybe we get like a sequence in that's more like in the middle or in the first hour i don't know when that like flashback sequence in manchester by the sea happens exactly but like maybe if we get that and then that's like informing the rest of the movie then maybe it works a little differently but i just think like the like i think it's a lot of kate dickie's performance mostly that like she is like this blank slate in some ways and like even though she is clearly, like, being affected by the trauma of what she's experienced as she's, like, going through all these steps, it is very much that she's working through her plan and she's sort of going at it in, like, a very unemotional way that, like, she has, like, devised this plan and, like, and it's sort of just, like, well, like, once I accomplish this plan, I can go back to being a normal person and it's like it was that was never like why you weren't a normal person. Like you're not a normal person because you are the kind of person who plans this crazy plan. Yeah, I mean, I think there's an interesting angle to like look at the movie where it's like because we were talking about how the movie all ultimately like ultimately comes down on like Clyde's life of like I don't know he's figuring it out even though there's like some struggles in it obviously. And I feel like there's a way to read it of like she's as like Katie Dickey's character is almost mad that that's the situation where it's like she's sort of like continuously investigating this guy trying to be like well did he suffer like is he like 
in a very bad way because of what he did. Is he, he like gonna permanently be? He gonna have to? Is he gonna permanently carry the the scars of what he did for the rest of his life? And when she finds that the answer seems to be no, she just sort of slowly loses her mind a little more and more. But I yeah. I just like again I don't think the movie does a good enough job at communicating that. Which, but yeah. it just speaks to like there's a lot of interesting things about this premise and I think there are a lot of interesting things about the movie and I don't think they I don't think those two things really meet each other at any point yeah, yeah maybe I, donkeys is really good <laughs> uh, I would I would really like to see yes donkey uh, I would have liked to see donkey. <laughs> making waffles yes we agree yes <laughs> I would have liked to see the movie explore a little more like like, man, maybe you guys, like, have an answer for this, but, like, why she is drawn into, like, <laughs> you're shaking your head, God. Why she is drawn into, like, seeing him and, like, it's, like, why like why does she go to his apartment? Like, right, it's clearly like, not into the party anything to do with her plan, but, like, she feels this need to, like, interact with him face-to-face, and that is sort of where we first get the idea of this, like, sort of, like, psychosexual relationship between i guess again like it's mostly one-sided because he's just like chilling and it's like who's this woman who is yeah. i don't know her i, I do sort of appreci- i do sort of appreciate how chilling he is i'll say yeah he's just yeah, i mean there's that movie i know this premise is like explored elsewhere but there's that movie he who gets slapped that is like uh this very i think it's a victor Seelstrom movie from like the 20s about a guy who uh like becomes a clown um and is like has his life taken away from him by this guy this like count or whatever i don't remember all the details but the point of it is is that like he eventually becomes this like clown who always gets slapped and everyone laughs at him and like no one ever knows when he is like expressing uh like sadness or whatever and the guy who like took his life away from him doesn't recognize him and like doesn't see him but he like keeps going back to this guy and it's like that sort of thing i think also like i could be wrong i feel like this is also the les miserables um the person who like takes the life of uh whatever street in a way javert <laughs> takes away jean valjean yeah jean, yeah, right. yeah and he like doesn't recognize him uh until like later i feel like this is a thing that has been done a lot and it's like maybe that sort of impulse of just like coming face to face with the person who took your life away like um i think also that movie um rabbit hole which i haven't seen but it's like a similar thing where mm-hmm. uh someone's family is like killed in a car accident and like meeting yeah. the person who was driving the car is like a big point of the movie right um, and the, the currently in theaters mass of course is about um sure yeah uh, the, the 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 parents of a ch- child who commits a school mass shooting and uh, and the parents of one of the victims uh, coming together to to meet and try to work through their feelings and ho- and find some sense of relief uh, from that sense. Uh, we're seeing yeah, out if I you mean, haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean it's a thing explored off. I mean we're on the Lonergan trip. We also there's also Margaret, yeah. which has some element of that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. What a long but, and strange but, trip it's been. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's the like, lives of others. We're sure, done with yes, Are we doing that? It. We're moving on to the lives of others. Oh boy, 
What right. a movie. Florian Henkel von Donnersmark. Florian. His first feature film. He's My only boy. made three. We got this. We got The Tourist from 2010. <laughs> and then we got 2018's Never Look Away. Um, three and a half hour epic about a oh, yeah, painter um, in World War II times. Um, he... This is his first feature film, just like Arnold's was. This also came out in 2006. This premiered, or not premiered, rather. It uh, premiered in Berlin, uh, the city, not the festival, just as it's a German film, had its premiere, and then later played the fall festivals. It did the sort of Locarno, Tiff, Telluride run, um, and then, like, rolled its way to, like, a bunch of Academy Awards in the states and i think it just won the one the foreign language one or a bunch of nominations i uh I sure but a, a bunch of but yes, yes it nom- did, nominations for all sorts of awards it did win the best foreign language film uh oscar that year yes um and it sort of exists as like this big you know like IMDb top 250 core movie. Like it's a movie that I feel like people often will cite as like, Oh, well that's like one of the best movies ever. You got to see lives of others. Like, yeah, it's like a very, you know, well regarded movie. A survey of European culture established that the top three films in European culture are number one, Roberto Benigni's life is beautiful Two, Florian Henkel von Donner's marks the lives of others. Number three, John Pierre Genet's Amelie. Sure, yeah. I mean, look, those are three <laughs> movies of crossover that ilk, successes. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, but yeah, this um, it what, is. What can I, I mean, just what, pause what, briefly? What What do you think that if there was a list of like American films, what would do you think they would say were the top three? Like most culturally significant films i mean it'd be like um, the dark knight forrest gump and lord of the rings 3 <laughs> like whatever like uh, <laughs> i mean well if they're going i don't know like, like American i mean it, fight club like, I, yeah <laughs> i mean if it's imdb core it'd be the shawshank redemption yeah uh, like that's it'd be like the like, shawshank I'm, it'd be like the shawshank redemption dark knight the godfather probably yeah i do yeah. i do feel like the godfather would be up there i'm just like it's like I'm yeah. trying to think of like what's like, what do average be like? Not to be like elitist today, but like what does like well, an I mean, average person who is not like super into film consider like an important American movie? I think it's like the well, God. I, mean, I think it is the Godfather. Citizen Kane, I think it's, the Godfather. It's, yeah, but then you also have like the Cayenne crowd who like it's like Clint Eastwood, Cowboys, and Jerry Lewis. Like these are the big American names. I mean, it's like, there's like an argument for like the good, the bad, and the ugly, or whatever. Sure, yeah. I think like it, a- I think it would be. I think Godfather is like the one I would say is like n- put it like nail it on the wall. That is the one yeah. that would be on there, and then the it's other like two that would be and like Jaws and Psycho. Like, yeah, like so, well, I mean, he's in. But it's like but how many people sure. have seen those oh, yeah, movies? Yeah. Like, I think it's notable that like all of those movies are from like the late '90s and early 2000s. So I feel like it would be like bias towards movies that like came out in the last 20 Recently? years i mean avengers in game uh, <laughs> is what would be on there like, maybe. Would, like would american beauty be on there it might be something like do the right thing like but that is no. very like culturally penetrative i think but it's like have yeah. that many people seen that movie 
I think it'd I mean, be like Saving Private Ryan. If, if, it might be like Schindler's List. That's right. It's like some yeah. Spielberg movie, The Godfather, and then like some big movie. Mm-hmm. Right. A more blockbuster traditional thing, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I mean, it's like what you think you they would show in like a film 101 class is like my... But it's like my but, thinking. People but I feel like a, fi- a film. Yeah. See, yeah, I don't think Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane would have. But that's old. Really? Like, people will instantly, like, no thank you because it's old. Yeah. <laughs> like, the sort of modern equivalent uh, would be. Mank? I guess Mank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Mank is one of the most important films. Should we talk America? a little Mank, folks? Should we get into a little bit of how we feel about Mank these days? <laughs> yeah, we should do a year check in, maybe. It is Mank member. Um, but it, it we should talk about the Mank lives of others. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Why are you Corey preventing me from talking about the lives of others? Go ahead. Go off, Andy. <laughs> Which I think is... I like. I'm like. Is this the best movie we've ever covered for the podcast? Like, oh, so wow. that is. <laughs> oh no, Andy. insane. Oh, no. I, I don't even. So I don't. I don't even dislike it. I I might follow. It's like a similar to Red Road thing where it's like I think there, I think there is a world in which this movie is really good, and but it's not this yeah. one. It is oh, odd because it feels like a movie that I should love. It's got, I loved like, it so much. Of something that I'm. Like, it's like I felt every like emotion. I like it was so. No. Oh my gosh, I loved it so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I guess to set up the story, right? It's set in uh, West Berlin or no East Berlin? Excuse me, East Berlin. I'm yes, East very I'm, important distinction. I'm so terrible about that that history. I don't know East it very Germany, well. Yeah. Uh, East Germany. Yes. Um, it's and, like my. That what, East West Germany, I've 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 like thought is like is that maybe my favorite setting? In just I mean, like, in I mean Bridge of Spies, like hello, like Carlos has like, some stuff there. It also, I think it's just like an an like a, a like an instantly compelling setting. I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like the whole it's espionage. It's like one of yeah. I think the most exciting genres. Unfortunately, this is a wet blanket. <laughs> And also, the lead in this does look a lot like Mark Rylance. So this is this movie is he very much like of, yeah. what if I was the entire the kid. entire time I was like this guy looks like Kevin Spacey, and I kind <laughs> of couldn't stop thinking I, of it. Oh, that one. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, the other guy I was like that guy looks like Mark Duplass. Um, uh, I feel like <laughs> there's just I feel like there's just like 19 European dudes who look like the handsome guy in this. I just sure. feel like that's sure, a, that's yeah. just like a classic European handsome guy yeah. look. But, but so go, essentially, go. right? So we have like the Stasi, right? The like spy organization, right? And they um, secret police. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they're um, they are starting a. You know, it, there's a lot of setup about like how they're running or whatever. It's a, it's a pretty long movie. It takes its time, uh, and but they're eventually they they start surveillance on this playwright who is like, th- like they tell they say he's like the one playwright who is like studied in the West, like from their like whatever. And so he, and so they start surveillance on him because they're saying yeah he's like, like he I think they say he's like the one playwright who's like successful in the West who's also not like anti the Stasi or the or like right. their their cause. He's not like He's vocally like, like anti them. Yeah. And so they start surveillance on him and uh this one it's you know the central sort of hook of it is that there's the main um guy the main listener whose name is 
what is it? Weissel? Gerd Wiesler. Yeah. And so he uh, is starts listening in on him, like, trying to see if he's up to anything. And, like, uh, sort of um, comes to have an affection for this playwright. For, like, for, for reasons that are, like, somewhat mysterious, but, like, also, like... I don't know. It's, like, it's. I think it's really interesting to sort of chart his... Um, his emotional sort of engagement with this life that he is uh, surveilling. And he's like, you know, trading it off with someone it, else. And it makes no sense to me. And it's my pr- big problem with the movie. Von Dottersmark said that like this sort of came to him where he had this image of someone like the quote on Wikipedia for whatever it's worth. As he's like, there's a man sitting in a depressing looking room with headphones on. And he's like, uh, having this emotional reaction to this man who he's supposed to be surveilling because he's playing this music. And like that scene happens sort of like halfway in the movie where he's like, or maybe earlier where he, uh, the, the player, it happens uh, like earlier. Yeah. It's early. And there's this that, great quote. Yeah. Where I mean, he, <laughs> go, <laughs> this movie is full of so, of so many great lines. Uh, where he plays the music and he, he talks about, um, like, uh, Lenin listening to it. Uh, and he says, uh, can anyone who's heard this music, I mean, really heard it, be a bad person, right? And you have that line, and, like, it's also, you also see the surveilling guy listen and also have a, an emotional reaction to this music. And, like, I, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a movie that I think is, like, about my favorite topic, which is, like, what is the power of art to, like, affect the world? And Cullen's rolling his eyes at me because... Well... <laughs> and I, think, I mean, look. And I think, like, it's, 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 like, a fascinating sort of, like, look at, like, yeah, this, this guy, he's a real, like, company man. He, like, you see him early on tell, talking about, like, how interrogations work and what, you know, guilty people are like or whatever. But then he, like, starts to... But then something changes in him like when he is like exposed to this artist and this artist's life and 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 it's i don't know it's like i find it intensely moving i find the ending especially to be like very very cool and moving and like uh the way that you know the way that he injects himself into the life while net to the playwright's life while never really like having sharing anything with him uh and the way the playwright like discovers the way that he affected his life, I think like it's just like I don't know. I just really love the the st- the way the the character dynamics like play out, and the way that the movie holds back on on what their connection is, and like I don't know. I I, just, I found it tremendously like exciting and thrilling and moving uh, all at the Here, same time. Here's my problem. Yeah, I think what you're saying in theory I find very compelling, but instead I think with how the movie plays out, I think he's just, like, into them from, like, minute 10, and then the entire movie, he's just into them. I don't feel like there's any, like, what? arc or interesting exploration as to, like, why he's, like, su- he suddenly turned from the most Stasi-ass Stasi man, company <laughs> man to ever yeah. exist, to being just a person moved by art and this particular couple in, in like, the space of, like, 20 minutes. And it, it it's just, like... a parasocial relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. about a guy who loves it's to about the an podcast. He loves podcasts, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with Emilio. Like, the the main character, I find that performance, like, very annoying. I feel like he does nothing. is like, giving given no, like, 
interiority at all, which is, like, something usually Andy is throwing the complaint at a movie, and so it's odd for me to be doing it. But then also a problem I have with this movie is it so neuters, I think, the fear of the secret police. And there's a quote in the movie where he, the, the playwright is putting out this paper about how suicide rates have gone up because, like, a friend of his committed suicide who's, like, this other writer who's been blacklisted that we see. Uh, and he's putting this to a West German newspaper, and they're, like, getting it out there secretly. And they're, like, trying to tell him to, like, go harder in it. And he's like, no, it should remain literature, not political agitation. And I feel like the movie also adheres to that logic and prevents it from being interesting or scary as it should be where like the interrogation scenes feel very like stayed and flat uh because it starts and it is like i think exciting and like the opening interrogation scene and how it's sort of uh cross-cutting with the lecture that he's giving to these like secret police the stasi in training uh and I was like, okay, this is going to be good. And then, like, they immediately go to the theater, and he's, like, scoping out the people. And I'm like, all right, I'm into it. Like, up to the point where they, like, bug the house. And then when the movie starts, essentially, where he hears the music, I'm just like, this is, like, nothing. And then, like, it's everything. Of... <laughs> it's everything. But then now, the, way... the thing is, like, if this movie pulled like a Naruto-like twist, where this guy was just a guy that was just like a guy that the right that the writer made up at the end, I think it would. I think it would almost save it and make the movie make sense. But as yeah. it's built, this guy is just nothing, and he and he just exists to like tell whatever story the movie's t- trying to tell. And I don't feel him at all. I completely agree with Colin on that point. And I do, th- and it's like. I I think Vaughn I think Florian is a good director. I think this is like has aspects of well made. Yes. I think it looks gorgeous. I think it's like shot very well. I think there are compelling sequences. I think the script is terrible. Yeah. I think the script is dog shit, yeah. basically. I don't think it's like I don't think it's like I don't think it like moves in, in an interesting pace. <laughs> okay, I don't I, think I, it Emilio like, printed out the script and wiped his ass. <laughs> That's what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> he has it right it, here. Just, <laughs> it it's like a good story, and then at every turn, it just, like, finds some way to inject this guy into it and make it boring. I truly, it's, like, truly a thing where it's, like, I feel like if you cut out the main character and the entire reason for the plot, I think it would be a movie that I would be into. Because I fucking no. love Bridge of Spies, and I love Munich, and I love movies that yeah. are just, like... And I love and I really like Naruda and I, lo- I love movies that are just like this guy like is trying to get away from the whatever authoritarian force and like the, yeah. the weird like Cold War confusion of all this stuff. But and I think also that ca- that character uh, just makes no yeah. sense to me. Yeah. And I think also the way that the sort of leader of the Stasi, uh, his relationship with the girlfriend who is also just like such a nothing character in this movie um it's really just like i mean it like is there's no value added from that aspect like the she turns against the or i mean it's it's just the way that they they use that character i think is like very annoying and part of also like how bad the script is i think like yeah that is like because i mean i i i also agree that like 
Although there were some edits that I was like, Jesus, this is, like, really boring. Like, very, like, uh, when he is writing the report and it is, like, overlaying it with them, like, having sex after he, like, tells her to go back to the house. Mm-hmm. And, like, when the, when uh, Wiesler v- uh, goes and, like, meets the actress at the restaurant and, like, pretends to be a fan. Uh, that scene, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> Yeah, our guests, um, what do you think? <laughs> well, a couple of things. First of all, I first thought that Emilio said a Naruto-like twist. The no, yeah. I was remembering for what that would be. The yeah. Pablo uh, Naruto, the third Hokage. You know, at the end, Princess yeah, Kaguya comes in. Is responsible yeah. for the the uh, Uchiha clan's massacre. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that just as a point of interest that Sebastian, I guess it would be Kok or Koch, uh, who plays the, the writer Georg is also in Bridge of Spies. He plays Herr Vogel, the lawyer. Ah, uh, yeah. He's uh, the lawyer. Yeah. He's Vogel. good in that movie. Oh, good that they yeah. put, put him in a good one of these then. Good that they <laughs> recognize talent. <laughs> it truly is in a lot of ways, like Bridge of Spies, but worse. But I, I don't, <laughs> I fully agree with both of Emilio and Colin's points that like, I think the big flaw in this movie is that, like, there's not enough there for the character, uh, the Wiesler character, and that he doesn't really have, like, any interiority, and it's hard to see exactly, like, what his journey is. And I feel like it kind of, like, succeeds in spite of itself in that regard. Like, I did find the last, like, little sequence where, with um, a gay- Dryman finding out, like how everything happened and how this guy was like protecting him the whole time um and then subsequently Wiesler like seeing this book which is essentially like a thank you to him I did find that sequence very moving but then it's like (laughs) that is sort of happening like in spite of what we actually see um and to Colin's point I I agree that like it's it's pretty toothless in terms of its portrayal like the situation like I feel like a movie like this should have this feeling of oppression of like being weighed down of like that you have to look over your shoulder at every turn because someone is always watching you and even if you are like the it's it's like a who watches the watchman kind of thing where it's like even if you are the guy who is responsible for watching everyone at someone is watching you and like trying to take your job or yeah. something and i feel like that is very absent like it's a very like bloodless movie not that i wanted there to be like gratuitous violence but like the most we ever see is like this interrogation sequence, which is like there's really with uh, the actress, and there really is like no threat to it. Like he is very gentle in his methods, and she like folds very quickly, and so I feel like yeah. you never really see like what like it's it's like there's never a point where the mask comes off and it's like suddenly these guys are like actually savages underneath. And I think that was something that the movie got criticized for by some people was that like trying to make like the Stasi guy into a hero is a bit of a reach maybe like I saw a part in the Wikipedia article where it's talking about how like he was he was talking with someone I think it was the guy who like handles this prison which is now like a memorial for victims of the Stasi and he and he wanted to use the prison for filming and the guy said no and he was like but like Schindler's List like like it's like a, he's like Oscar Schindler, and then and the guy's like, yeah, Oscar Schindler was a real guy. Like there was yeah. no Stasi agent who was secretly a good dude and helping people. 
Yeah. Well, he's not helping people. He's helping a person, one person who he has like yeah. found a connection. I think like, the movie like, is much more ambiguous about him than you guys. You are all giving it credit for. I think that I, I also think it's a tremendous performance where you like can read every line on his face is like how much like there's like conflict brewing within him, even though he's just sitting there with his headphones on, like staring like right into the camera or whatever. Like I, I, I think it's a tremendous performance. I, um, I and I know. think I, but I feel like every time I feel like every time you can, it's like you look at him and he's supposed to be tense. You're just like, Oh, but he's going to help him. And then he does help him. And then he, that's what, cause yeah. that's what he does literally every time. Cause he's on board with them from the beginning. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like he never, he never does not like take the opportunity to help someone until like the very end when he is fully backed into a corner and like has no choice but to like yeah. do the thing. I mean, that's the like, ten- like is he gonna get caught? Like, is another whole element that I think is like very exciting. But I feel and but, but I feel but like there's never I like think, that tension yeah. is ever depicted. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like we should feel that. Like we should feel like oh my gosh, like he's taking such a big risk by doing this. But instead, he basically is like he's like talking to his like uh, his underling like, or whatever. And, he, and yeah. he's pretty much just like. Yeah, I'm gonna help these guys, so you could take the day off. <laughs> and the guy's just like, "Okay, sir," and walks away. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, you yeah, should like, you should be like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna get killed, or he's gonna get thrown in a gulag for this." And instead, you're like, what, "What's gonna happen? He's gonna get demoted." That's like, it's like you never feel the stakes of whatever he's supposed to be like, really reckoning with. Because like at the beginning, you're just like, "Yeah, that he's doing a bad thing," so you're never like. Oh, but should he be doing the good thing to protect him? Because I don't think you ever do enough to really care about him as a person to be like, well, I don't know. I want him to survive, but I also want this, this these people to survive. So there's tension. I'm just like, sure, whatever. If this guy gets fucking mercs for trying to help them. Uh, good, because I like those characters and I don't like this guy. I just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is also blase of like, especially the scene where he like, where they are doing the sort of test to see if his if apartment is bugged. A thrilling and sequence. He, it's, but it's not because they are doing the test and they're just like, blah, 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 like talking to the guy's just like, okay. And like, he's like, I won't say it. I'll change my, like, my report. And he's it's like, not like, just this, this once. It, it should be this like, Pulse pounding thing of him like shaking with his pencil writing hand or whatever. Like you want this to overplay it. You want him to overplay it. It should play it. <laughs> it is, uh, he plays it tremendously. I assure you, he plays it. <laughs> I I do. I I lean more towards it. Like I think it is like it's a nice performance that sort of like what Amelia says. Like I think it is a little underserved by the material. Like I think he is like you do. I, I like seeing his change. Like, I, I think you can see, like, the ways in which he's affected. But I just think that without ever being given a compelling reason for why he is affected, that that's when it, like, feels a little hollow to me. But I'd like to hear what Andy has to say about it because, like, yeah, sure. we've mostly just been, I, like... I mean, I, I feel like I mean, also, <laughs> while that artist guy, well, he looks cool and I'm sort of more into his side of it, it's also, like... He plays like a Beethoven song, and you see like a like a ten seconds of a play, and you're supposed to be like, "Oh, this guy's this man's such a great artist. He'll melt even the coldest, like Stasi heart." It's just like what I, I don't like. Well, no, he opens it like he starts reading Brecht, and like he opens him up to this all like, all this possibility of all these these 
this world of, of things for him to discover, right? So it's like he's not even like necessarily the great artist. He's just like the gateway artist that leads him on to like discovering all these other things. I think like and I you know sure, but it's like is this the fir- is this the first time this guy has has been like interrogating an artist this guy's supposed to be like the most hardened 20 year veteran of the stasi and it takes one think, guy reading breck to break him i think that's what it is supposed to be because he's like watching like the state mandated like chicken show when he gets home so he hasn't seen any art before and it's like but i don't think the movie gets that across well enough to where like the state he, mandated chicken show is right. I mean, that's literally what he's <laughs> That's what it is. And it's like, he, you should have more of him. Like, the, it, the movie should just do more. It is so low-key that it shoots itself in the foot because it doesn't give anyone anything. Like, you, the guy is supposed to, like, he's introduced as this, like, very, like, quiet but ruthless interrogator and like yeah that opening scene it like is scary but then like maybe the second that he starts surveilling it is like all gone and all thrown away like it shouldn't be that quick and i don't think it's as quick as you're saying (laughs) literally the last scene he is intimidating is when he like shuts the neighbor up where he like tells the neighbor like uh it's like you like want your son to like keep going yeah i feel like Like, by like the end of the party, which is, like, the first night he's surveilling him, basically, he's already, like, I don't know, I might like this guy. And then by the, like, and third like, night, he's, like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to risk my career and livelihood to save these people. And if it's, and like... he also is supposed to be this ruthless guy. He should be, like, harder on the lackey, who's, like, literally sleeping on the job day one. He should be, like, what the fuck are you doing here? He, he's all, he's you. like, you're late. You're four minutes late or whatever. Like, he's totally... I mean, yeah, that's how it starts, but then, like, I mean, yeah. It's just the, the turn of him to have it, like, his Grinch heart growing is, like, way too... Uh, it's just, it's all so blasé, like, with the rest of the movie. Like, it should... There's no impact. And then the ending, it's one of those things where it's, like, if I re- read what the ending was, I'd be like, wow, that is, like, so emotional. And then at the end, it, like... He the, like freeze, the freeze the freeze frame is very funny. The freeze frame <laughs> is the best thing. It's like okay, Sully. It's like <laughs> yeah. this is better Sully. This is good oh Sully. God. No, no. Um, <laughs> but I think Jay Giles, we shouldn't let that go unnoticed. Jay Giles is a very good show. <laughs> but I, I think I think another reason why the turn is like not as compelling as it should be is because like it stays its hand early on to make him, like, more sympathetic as a character. Like, even when he is, like, the cold Stasi guy, it's always the other Stasi guy who is, like, more of a piece of shit and is, like... Yeah. And is, like, doing, like, yeah. the really, like... Yeah, cru- I mean... Like, like, who is, like, the really cruel guy. And I think, like... Yeah, I feel like although, the movie... Like, yeah, the movie does a little bit of work of being, like... Well, the guy explains to him early on that they're basically only surveilling this guy so they can, like, get a promotion because he's, like, an enemy of, like, the state or whatever. And, and like, and that is not, that he's not an enemy of the state. He's just, like, an enemy of the minister or whatever. And that's the only reason why they're trying to find the reason to arrest him. So that, like, sort of, like, softens any, like, reason why he would be mad at him because he, he's just, like, well, I'm in it to punish people who are doing crimes against the state and this guy's not doing any crimes against the state so i'm not gonna go that hard on him but still like that goes back to the like 
I feel like this movie has a very soft hand on the Stasi thing, where it's where it's just like, well, they see eye to eye that like socialism is good, so maybe they're not that different, and it's just like, <laughs> this man is by all accounts a very bad person. I don't feel like this is the yeah. tact you need to take with him. I feel like you need to go harder in some direction, and I don't feel yeah. like it does. And I like understand like what Andy's saying of just like. Well, going harder in either direction would just, like, make the movie really, like, it, I, like, what Andy appreciates it about it is that it's, like, a little unclear in certain aspects, and it's, a, like, a little subtle, and it doesn't feel like it needs to beat you over the head, but instead, I feel like it, I, instead, I just think it's, it's just hitting you over the head, but, like, with, a, like, a wiffle ball bat, and you're just, like, <laughs> this is just annoying, I guess, <laughs> but it's not, like, but I don't feel like... <laughs> This is be this is being portrayed to me in any interesting way. Yeah, I, I mean, think, yeah. I think one of the most effective scenes in terms of like what maybe I was looking for from the movie is when the two Stasi guys are in the cafeteria and the and the guys like telling a joke about yeah. the secretary or whatever. Like, That's I think that is what I was looking for. Where it's That's like there's the tension of like, oh yeah. my god, and like his reaction to the joke where he's like asking for his name right. and rank, and Rankin, then it's like, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, and then it's and then after it, like that, like he's joking, but that's like that moment of relief is like so not relieving <laughs> that like yeah. it's like the guys just like laughing. It's like oh good, it was all a joke, and the guys like and like the other guy who was like the victim of this basically is just like holy shit, I thought I yeah. was gonna die. And, and that's another that's, like, and that's another moment where it's like well then the main character hates this guy because it's like it's he's it's clear that he's not really taking the cause seriously. And it's just, like, I don't know what side of that I'm supposed to be on. And I don't think it's, like, morally gray in an interesting way. I just feel like it's sort of being non-committal, so I can tell the story of this guy without, like, you feeling very guilty about taking part of it. Yeah, and I guess, like, part of it is that we never see, like, the only people that he interacts with are, like, other Stasi members. Like, we never see a normal And that one prostitute. That... Yes, that's and a weird sex scene. That's a weird scene. Slot in there, because like it's like that's like his like humanizing moment that like he like sleeps with a prostitute, yeah. I guess. But like, um, but I think that's like, like what it's. I feel like that's like a is... very like two thousands like art slash foreign film of just like well, this person has like an emotional interaction with a sex worker so you know they're like there's like something going on beneath the surface or whatever that i'm now just like i'm just like again i'm like sort of not rolling my eyes yeah. yeah yeah but i i think to the to that scene in the cafeteria i think like maybe what i would be looking for would be like a scene where you see him interact or even like i mean like this is a very different direction i'm kind of like just rewriting the movie at this point but it's like he begins a relationship with the actress or he begins a friendship with the writer where it's like you have the counterplay between like he's being nice like he's doing good things but at the same time he's also like a Stasi agent who is like a like morally reprehensible person yeah and so like the, the idea that like he would be doing good things but would still be like hated for it is maybe like what I find most compelling about it and there's just like not really any of that yeah, I well, I yeah, I the thing I just I find it so compelling, just to to that the surveillance aspect makes this such a one sided relationship, and I think like and I just think like that depiction where 
he is like yeah he's so involved he's so invested in this person who he like if they ran into each other on the street like the guy wouldn't know him from any other guy i think like and and yet that and then when in the conclusion it comes to the fact that like he discovers like oh my god there are all these documents and i realize like what he was doing like what he was what he was doing to like save me essentially and so much that he like ends up dedicating his memoir his novel to him like i i just find like that emotional relationship the one-sided emotional investment relationship which i think ties into sort of like the way that art can move you right like the way that you can get invested in and be moved by a piece of art and the artist will like never know that you were moved by that piece of art that they created or whatever like i i just think like there's that's such like a rich thematic vein for me that like and and then all the other like i i find a lot of the stuff like exciting and intense and all that sort of thing so i was just very emotionally invested the whole time yeah, yeah I, I guess, guess that I, guess I, I can see that i guess i wanted to see like i wanted to see the other side of it which again like it goes back to like the interrogation scene being like very like light-handed like i wanted to see like and i think that i i really like the scene that cullen mentioned when like they're they're in the bar and like he like she doesn't know who he is but he knows who she is like i wanted yeah. more of that which is like i think that is like serving what you're talking about that you like about the movie where it's like i think the dichotomy between him knowing them but them not knowing him or him being in the role of the stasi agent like and being like the subject of hate with them not realizing that he is like so sympathetic to them and it's sort of like being forced into this situation i think that would be a lot more compelling than just like having this one-sided relationship that doesn't real and then like and then you can still have the same ending with like him realizing that like the guy he hated like the despised stasi agent was actually like doing so much more than he knew instead of just having it be the one-sided relationship that like sort of gets the resolution at the end yeah i'm almost i'm almost the opposite where i'm like there's maybe too much interaction from early on like i think what the the movie andy loves i would be more like receptive to 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 being like this is that if it was like a fake movie that andy invented (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> if it was like there was like less of the like of the like playwright and the actress of just sure. like just with them where it was just like just a movie about this guy sitting in a room learning about these people having sort of like changing responding to that sort of stuff and there's and it's like I think from too early on he's getting involved and like changing stuff and I feel like it sort of zaps it of like of just like that particular arc of the movie, because I feel like I don't know. I f- I think the movie is Spielbergy, and I think Spielberg is a good director because I think he always knows he's a populist, and you just like put an arc in it. You make you like give somebody like a really like easy story to follow, and then you put like you like complicate it with like the acting and like some of the cracking cinematography. But instead, I think this movie tr- it's like trying to be subtle and poppy at the same time and it's like discordant yeah i mean it's trying to be subtle but they also like the piece of music in the book eventually is called like sonata for an honest man it's like the girl who ends up sacrificing <laughs> to be fair to maria <laughs> to be fair 
I'll give them credit that it's German and it, they're just like, whatever, this is an English phrase. I, 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 it's, that's one of those things where it's just like, I'm sure they think that's a lot more poetic sounding than it really is, like due to like the language or, or whatever. Like I'm not going to hold that against them, but uh, I can sort of see that. But um, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we have there... to say about Florian in general? I wonder. Uh, I mean, look, well, do we want? He... We need to talk about his hair. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's a picture of Florian Henkel von Darnersmark. We'll post it we'll on the tweet Twitter. It, yeah. Um, he looks <laughs> insane. He's got a, he's got a great head of hair. <laughs> well, so um, who wrote, who wrote the profile on him or whatever? Where it was like, oh, he's like an, a large adult son or whatever. Oh, All yeah. Right. They called him a large adult son because <laughs> uh, he like, talked about how much he loves his mother. Um, <laughs> And he's like a, he's like a big tall guy, but he, I mean, look, who takes I a very long time had, to like, make movies and just, yeah, he ta- he was like in production on this for like three years, and then it took him four to make his next movie, and then eight after that to make his third. Um, and I think it is well directed. Like we said, there's like the scene where they've drawn the chalk outline of the apartment up on the yeah uh, in the the attic sort of surveillance room, and okay. that's good. And there's like. There and he's are, able to it, make like, the sketch so quickly on the pad later for her to identify where the typewriter is. Yeah, that's a good yeah. moment. And then there's also the bit where he, like, uh, there's, like, good bits of editing, like, where he uh, will, he is able to make the doorbell ring with, like, the two wires and, like, tricks the guy to go outside so he'll, like, catch the girl with the, you know, the official or whatever. That seems good. Uh, that's a good scene. Yeah. there. I mean, it, it's a movie that it truly is like I'm uh, annoyed that I don't li- like it because like it has all the trappings of something that I should like, like that it is about like how this orchestral piece of music changes this man's life, but it's all just so bad. Um, but then also just to say about Van Donner's Mark, uh, I certainly am interested in seeing the tourist. I'm very interested in seeing Never Look Away as I see like more. How's Never How's like, Never Look Away, Andy? You've seen it. Never right? Look Away. I saw in theaters in the run because it was Oscar nominated that year. So I yeah. like did the Oscars Death Race or whatever. So I saw it in theaters. It's like, I mean, it's a three and a half hour awesome. movie about a painter, right? Like that's like what it is. It is similar to. I think you see how he's a good director because it is not like draggy or boring really at all which is like what you worry it's gonna be when you like find out that it's like a european film about a painter or whatever and like you it does follow this guy's life i think in a very interesting way it's not like the most like i don't remember many plot lines of it or anything like it's not the most sticky film i've ever seen in my life but i think it's certainly like it's a very engaging watch uh it's uh got max richter doing music and he lifts uh one of his cues from Lost just straight up, or uh, not Lost, from The Leftovers just straight up and puts it in the movie, which I think is That's very good, fun. Um, it's Caleb Deschanel too, right? Yes, Caleb Deschanel shot it. It looks great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's like, it's, yeah, it's a supremely I mean, he, 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 watchable, compelling movie. Uh, yeah, I think he's like, he's like clearly a craftsman. I feel like if you pointed him at a good script, he'd make a good movie. I just don't think this yeah. was a good script. <laughs> but he writes all of his own movies. It's all him. Um, maybe like maybe let another person take a crack at it florian love the shot this with you guys before but um i thought that he directed the father oh no zeller Zeller, yes different florian shout out to the zeller family of nba players as well cody and the like um 
But for yeah, Tyler. I had something to say, but I'm forgetting it now. Something about the tourists, <laughs> something about Never Look Away. <laughs> I've not seen either of those films. The sure. tourists... <laughs> something about the movie that we've been talking about for an hour. <laughs> the tourists sounds fascinating. Um, but yeah, oh, but to, to the point about the doorbell scene, I think maybe another, again, <laughs> again, I'm just like, what? maybe he should have tried this. But I think that if there was a part, maybe it was, should be more about like his action rather than his inaction if that makes sense that like so much of the movie is about like him not writing anything in a report which is just like oh, kind he of has inert. to make up the other things in the report about their fake play no, because, <laughs> but, but they don't they don't show happened. that enough and that's, it's, it's, it's not should, compelling when they do it's just like he should have they wrote a play instead of a like a, a, a like a statement or whatever i don't yeah yeah it would be great if it was like a screwball comedy where he was forced to produce a script for this play that he had to write himself i would certainly see that movie certainly listen the, i think the billy wilder version of this movie is great well there is i was reading because like it gets talked about as like one of the early like movies about like east germany and the fall of yeah the i watched like half stuff. of that movie once i forget what it what is it called the the oh, the billy there's like a billy wilder movie that is like about oh, east, is? And west, east and west germany uh, what's oh, well, it that, that's not what that's not what i was oh no, no what to. are you talking do you think uh, this but no i just i i on the wikipedia page it references this other movie called goodbye lenin which is about like right a guy it's starring uh, daniel Bruhl, and it's about a guy who like his mom goes into a coma like right before the berlin wall falls and after she wakes up from the coma they like he has to like go around and like pretend that the wall has not fallen and like pretend that they're still in east germany and andy you look delighted by this it's a wacky mistaken like lie, grand lie comedy about it's called the fall of the berlin wall. <laughs> and it's called goodbye lenin exclamation mark <laughs> this was Daniel Bruhl's like breakout film. Wow, I gotta yeah. check that out. I, I, yeah, the the Billy Wilder movie is called One Through Three, and it's about like co- Coca Cola executives trying to strike a deal to bring Coca Cola to East Germany, and then somebody falls in love great. with like a person. I watched like twenty minutes of it and was charmed by it, but then didn't keep watching it. I should get back to it. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's just like. A classic great setting for good movies. Love me. I listen. Yeah. Love Munich. Love. I mean, obviously, Munich is set in a lot of places, but Munich has like a similar veneer. Love Carlos. Love. Uh, I mean, yeah, if you want to talk like Cold War espionage movies that are like all, all accounts boring but are excellent, watch Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which is one of the better movies ever made. Now, that's a movie that will put you right to sleep. Have not seen yeah. the film. It's so good. It's so exciting <laughs> and so compelling. Here's a here's a fun tip, Florian. What if a movie had freaking characters that were interesting? That movie has too many characters. Is the problem? And you're, no, you're like, you're, you're like, who you're is so this? Wrong. I don't know. Goodbye. People think that movie is confusing, and I watch it. And I'm like, all of this makes a perfect sense to me. Yeah. I am totally allergic to the uh, yeah to the uh, what's his name though the the Lacare. I mean, like all those, I'm like within ten minutes. I'm like, I have zero idea what is happening. I am checking out. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, not to bring this up so late in the game, but I, we, me and Emilio have had conversations about my dislike of the noir genre, and I feel like the like 
highly mechanical espionage movie can often fall into that same sort of camp. Sure. Oh no. That that shit's just that's just uh that's just the good stuff I have. Yeah. <laughs> it is simply good when I watch movies like that. And when <laughs> and when the film that I the lives of others is like that. Exception that proves the rule. I uh I like it and then when it's not I'm like, this should be better if you're going to interrupt the good stuff for it. Yeah. But uh, I feel like that's all we got to say. Yeah, we are probably about wrapping up places, right? <laughs> yeah. I do. If, I mean, it's the like. audience award at Locarno. Yeah. I mean, it's like a very. I can see why people in 2006 fucking flip for this, for this movie. Sure. But uh. Take not anymore. 2006. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I am not nostalgic for 2006. <laughs> Two years before I graduated from high school. Take me back to the second Bush administration. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Bush um, was like really unpopular. <laughs> yeah. He failed to there, pass. Yeah, must, um, that must be hard for you, I will say there was like a, some some stuff on the like uh, uh, the the lives of others. I, I'm also gonna say it's a bad title for a movie. I've truly forgotten it like five times while talking. It is not a great it. title. It's like five. It seems like five. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like Red Room. It's it's like the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the title. It's like a title you would make fun of a like European movie for having. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is but, like a BoJack Horseman. Well, yeah, title. and and like. Yeah. Which one is called The Lives of Others and which one is called Never Look Away? Like, which movie is about which? Like, I wouldn't sure, be yeah. able to tell you based on just the titles. Yeah, maybe those, maybe they're, those are more compelling titles in German. I don't know. Maybe. But, uh... What was I gonna say? There was a weird thing on The Lives of Other Wikipedia about how, like, a bunch of, like, Israeli, like, soldiers or whatever, they, they like, came out, at, like, they watched it and they were like, oh, is what we're doing bad or whatever? It's, like, a weird thing where, like... <laughs> It's like it came out. It's like it was like weirdly, it, it, like it inspired things, and that there were conversations of, of this movie after like the Snowden like Prism thing also, which like wow. I I can see, but if there's a problem with this movie, that it sort of doesn't get to that stuff enough, which is like I'm not gonna fully blame it on it because I don't think that's what it's trying to do, but maybe it is its fault that it's not trying to do that thing. But yeah. yeah. This was after it did come out after the Patriot Act, Patriot Act though, so it, like yeah. you should have your mind on it. Though again, he is German, German. so so so, <laughs> yeah. so maybe those things shouldn't be on, on his mind. <laughs> but anyway, see, thanks for being on the podcast. Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, I have a lot of things I want to plug. Uh, yes. First, I want to plug the Wikipedia article list of films featuring surveillance, which is <laughs> which in the see also page to both of these movies. Um, oh, yeah. I love, I love a good Wikipedia article that like aggregates a lot of different things. Um, I also want to shout out, I believe it's list of musical supergroups and uh, <laughs> list of films considered the worst. <laughs> Those are both really good reads. Um, I do a couple podcasts. The one, that I mainly want to plug is uh, a comic or uh, a podcast about comic books and comic creators that I do with my brother called uh, Got the Runs. I almost called it Can I Kick It, which is not right. Uh, <laughs> it's this podcast so that you're on right now. Check that out. We just put up uh, an interview that we did with Scott McLeod. We covered him for our first miniseries, and it was really awesome to talk to him. 
And if you like this show, then uh, a few months from now, you might be hearing from someone who uh, is closely affiliated with this show. And you might get to hear more about that uh, discussion about noir. Uh, I also have a podcast about sports called High Floor, Low Ceiling, uh, which is also a good listen if you're into that. Or even if you're not into sports, I heard someone say they like it as a just a way to keep up with what's going on in the sports world. Um, but yeah, so check and both of those out. going to be on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, weigh in on and- baseball being over now. And he's going to talk about the World Series. <laughs> Mark DeRozan's impact on the Bulls. Um, Andy, you can talk about yeah, the, what? Andy, you can talk about the freaking Bills for an hour. You love the yeah. Bills. An hour? <laughs> I could not. Unbroken monologue. Yeah. Shout out to Tredavious White. Um, but yeah, so if you if you follow me at my Twitter at Jan, you can find those. Um, I want to plug Scotty Barnes. Love the guy. Great person. Um, and I also want to plug. You're gonna come. You're gonna commit to the first year rookie being a good person. I mean, have you seen the guy? He just has <laughs> the most tremendous vibes you could ever imagine. Um, and I'd like to plug Rebby Wolf. Listen to uh, Photo ID, the remix of Dominic Fike, and listen to Anthony Kiedis. Great tune. Uh, and I think that's it. Thank you. For- <laughs> <laughs> I realized, oh, I'm the one who does the plugs when Jesse's not here. Um, so uh, you can follow Can I Kick It on on Twitter at Can I Kick It. You can follow Can I Kick It on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. Is this the week that that'll get updated again? No. Um, for me, you can find me online at Andy T Germ, A N D Y T G E R M, on all your favorite social media platforms. Uh, for a plug this week, um, I saw the electri- electrical life of Louis Wayne. It's not very good. Do not recommend. Um, <laughs> wow, an anti plug. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I did this week? I um, I read a book. I read uh, Sutton Foster's new memoir, Hooked: How Crafting Saved My Life, which is not as much about crafting as that title might lead you to believe. Which I was a little concerned about. <laughs> cool, <laughs> but um, it is it is a nice, uh, charming uh, actor's memoir, and I love her very much. And I uh, am glad she's out there doing stuff still. If anyone wants to give me tickets to the Music Man, I will take them. <laughs> Andy, what, what if it what if it was about Minecraft? That's what hooked. Is that a yeah. Minecraft term? Crafting. Uh, no, it's- Crafting. Okay, sure. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if it was about Minecraft, that would be about as interesting to me as it is being about crochet or whatever. Um, Plug the coffee. Yeah, if you like what the show is doing and want to give us money, uh, coffee, ko-fi.com slash can I, C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Uh, any donation, always appreciated. You want to sign up for a recurring donation, that would be like awesome we'd be really grateful if you did that um and if you donate five dollars amelia will watch a movie and review it on letterboxd colin yeah i'm clatchley on twitter and letterboxd c-l-a-t-c-h-l-e-o-i and for my plug i'm gonna plug Dennis Dugan's Jack and Jill, which I watched uh, yesterday as we're recording this for the first time. And, you know, our guest mentioned the Wikipedia list for worst films. 
Uh, I'm sure this movie would be on there, but it couldn't be further from the truth. It's a laugh riot. Al Pacino giving a tour de force performance as himself. It's incredibly funny. <laughs> I laughed so much when I was watching it. Uh, if I if I can just jump in briefly to that point, I forgot to plug uh, Funny Vember, which is you watch funny movies we... in November. I want this to spread worldwide, so everyone yeah, that, just yeah, watch, worldwide. Watch that, that, that's our reach. And tag them Funny Vember on Letterboxd, and uh, we'll we'll get this going. Funny Vember, we're making it happen for sure. We and a great movie to throw in for Funny Vember is Jack and Jill. Precisely. Um, your movie to throw in there is uh, The Lives of Others. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I laughed, at I'm, I cried. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh. What did you what, laugh? What, what did you laugh at? Yeah, now we're stopping the plugs. And you have to I, tell I us. I will say, <laughs> I mean, when she got hit scene. by the car, I laughed. <laughs> the joke's funny about the sun. That's good. Yeah. Is it? I feel like. I feel like this is, uh, from the beginning. I'm like, this is not gonna. This is. Andy's like sweating. He's like, uh, I left when she died. What do you want from me? Uh, <laughs> from the right sack. Um. I left when he opened that letter with steam. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can follow me on Letterbox at I Laugh Alone. This week, uh, I've decided I'm going to be more honest with the things I like for the rest of the year. So I'm just gonna plug a thing I've been listening to a lot this week that I am sort of embarrassed by, but I don't care. I've been listening a lot to 3090, the song from Tick Tick Boom, the Andrew Garfield version that got early released. Yeah, uh, after Christ. the after the trailer, Andy, I, I've never seen Andy this happy. I I, uh, I truly Literally like doing seated cartwheels. I've I've I've, so I've, I've simply listened to it like a hundred and fifty times. It's, I think it's, it's a, a very I, I think it's a very good song, and I've listened. I've the Raul version. I've listened to the Raul version. Maybe right. I prefer the Garfield version. We don't need to I get mean, into it. Yeah, but uh, gonna be good. I might be excited. At every, at every turn, I'm like, maybe that movie is good. Maybe I just like it. It's, it's, I don't think it's ever looked bad, I think, is the thing. Yeah. So maybe that movie is good. I certainly like that one song from it. And if that's all I like from it, maybe that's all I ever needed. Hell yeah. And with that. Our theme song. Our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related. Or it's a Tree Related on Spotify. It's a good theme song. Almost as good as the song 3090 from the uh, Netflix version of Tick Tick Boom, sung by. Rest in peace, Jonathan Larson. We love you. Rest in peace. by Andrew Garfield, Joshua Henry, Vanessa Hudgens, Robin DeJesus, Alexander Ship, and MJ Rodriguez. Um, and with that, we can release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.